It's the Tim Cornwall Show with Joe Santorsa. Bringing you news from the front lines of the battle to restore the soul of America. And now, here's your host, Tim Cornwall. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 718 of the Tim Cornwall Show for Sunday, October 29th, 2023. And I'm joined again on the show once again by my co-host, co-producer, and resident Photoshop expert, the one, the only, Joe at Marnasuri. How are you, Joe? Uh, I'm doing fine, Tim. Wet. I'm wet, very wet. Very wet. Ha! Also joining us from down North Carolina way, T. Brown. How are you, T? Fabulous, fabulous. Great day. Great to have you back. Also joining us down Tennessee way, Leo Sahaki. Welcome back, Leo. Hey, hey guys. Good. And girls. Hmm. Glad Some of my favorite people here. Glad to have you back. And from my old stomach ground, John Bridibo. Hey. Where's that guy? Hey, how you doing, Tim? How you doing, John? What's happening down Corpus Christi way, man? Same old shit. We're dry, though. You're dry? Suffering through that rain shit yet. Is it, yeah. is it 90 degrees? Is it 90 degrees there? Yeah, about that. About <laughs> that. But, but we're going to dip into the 50s here, I think, on Tuesday for about two days. Then we're back up in the high 80s. Ah, That's you, the way I like my winters. You know what it's going to be here in Pittsburgh on uh, Wednesday night? What? 29. <laughs> 29? Yay, you. Tim. Yay. I'm going to pray for you, brother. <laughs> you gotta, you'll make it through it. Don't worry. I know you. Yeah. It's a hearty stock up there. Hey. Well, I got 20 lemon trees out in the greenhouse that I, I got to start thinking about because your weather is a day before my weather, John. Oh, is it? Yep. We have, well, we almost have exactly the same weather. It's just that I get mine a day after yours. Right. Yeah, there you it's go. It's a jet flows. I like it that way. It's a jet you stream, know. yes. Well, so I got to protect my lemon trees. So, John, how's things going in the Blue Dot family? You got to you gotta, uh, vote soon. We, we, we do. Uh coming up down here in texas there's several things on the uh on the on the ballot down here uh boy howdy tim thank you it just went dropped right out of my mind what they were <laughs> you had a bunch of constitutional amendments i think yes constitutional amendments to, to the state constitution uh they're they're issues uh pertaining to your local di- you know district and area of course and everything like that but yeah anytime there's a uh, a ballot coming up you need to really make sure that you're out there because it entails a lot for everything from your dog catcher up your state constitution yeah i haven't so, seen i haven't seen what the constitutional amendments are since i don't live in vote in texas but uh i mean i heard there's what 17 of them or something like that there's, uh, yeah there's a bunch of them i have yeah. not yeah you know, let, let me guess is i've it, got uh, so many other things going on that i have not had time to delve into that let me guess does uh, it install uh um greg abbott as the king of texas i would imagine yeah right that, <laughs> we're going to build a border wall between new mexico and texas right that's his okay. big thing here lately we're going to do that and of course uh you know he'll be the sole decider of where all the immigrants in this country go so he'll just okay. ship them out wherever he wants to and does it appoint uh you know ken paxton as attorney general for life <laughs> yeah <laughs> ain't that a story that, you know, there is nothing more embarrassing for the state of Texas than to go through what we just went through with Ken Paxton. You know, all the witnesses were Republicans. His own office pointed him out for his bribery and bullshit. And what happens? He was he, he, he was impeached in the House. And just like Donnie, when it went to the Texas Senate, they said no. Hmm. Reinstated. Yeah. yeah. Well, John, tell people where they can check you out. You can find me on Facebook, on YouTube, under Blue Dot in Texas, on Facebook, under John Bertabeau, on uh, TikTok, uh, threads, on anywhere. Look, baby. (laughs) Thank you, John. Always always love having you back. So thank you. you. And Leo, what's happening down Tennessee Way? 
nothing of any real import. I'm doing a whole lot of uh, local initiative kind of things and um, doing what I can with the Democratic Party here, which, given as um, powerless as it is, isn't a hell of a lot. We don't have a whole lot coming up. We have some runoff elections coming up. Um, and none of them are anything that are really going to do anything to help the state. What we really need is exactly what's going on in Texas, and that's a bunch of damn constitutional amendments, but we're not going to see the ones we want. Right. Of course not. Of course not. But there is hope for Tennessee. There is. I have hope for Tennessee. I so hope that... uh, the the lady of the tw- Tennessee three she beats Marsha Matt Mar- Marsha Blackburn next year. Yeah. Oh my God! Exactly. Um, yeah. I, Gloria I Johnson. Gloria Johnson. That's her three. name. Yeah. We uh, we pulled together a meeting um, with some of the people, uh, a couple of the guys that are running for, uh, you know, John Rose's seat, which is the sixth district. That's the one that I'm in in Tennessee, and at the same time. We did end up getting um, representatives from her office available to us, but uh, she's got Gloria Johnson has got so much more on the ball than Marshall Blackburn ever thought of having. Right. And she's somebody with a damn conscience. Let's start with that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. A good yeah. place to start. Yeah. And uh, Leah, we are. I I just want to say I'm really so sorry to hear about the loss of your fur baby a couple weeks ago. I know how hard we we all know that this past Monday, actually, a week ago tomorrow. And and I appreciate you pointing that out. It was difficult Um, when you have something, somebody like that in your life for that long. She was 19 years old and I had her for 16 of those. Yeah. You you end up doing weird things the next every day. I give all of my dogs a treat. It's the very first thing I do in the morning when I get up. Um, Usually they they kind of push me down the hallway before I get a chance to take a right instead of a left. Right. <laughs> I each one of them a, a treat. And I, I did that on Tuesday morning. And it, one of the hardest things was standing there after, you know, after I'd given them all a treat and realizing that I still had one more in my hand, those little things keep hitting. But I know I did the right thing. And, you know, there's one other little thing in all of that that I would tell everybody. If you if you read, it was kind of a eulogy that I wrote for her. And then mm-hmm. I, I had written a, a precursor to that the day before about how I met her and got her. But I wrote somewhat of a eulogy and described her her last moments. And what I would say to everybody, if you have somebody that, you know, if you're that kind of dog person, and everybody should be that kind of dog person, and they've been with you that long, you owe it to them to be there through the end of it. Right. And I made it a point to be, and I, I will never do it any other way again. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, I think we've all been through through that, you know. Too many times. Too many times. So it's, it's always hard. But, uh, but, you know, they give us so much joy and love, and Leo, our hearts go out to you, so you and your wife. So Indeed. But, uh, Thank you for all that. Yeah. And uh, so, Leo, tell people where they can check you out. Mostly on Facebook, Biker Wisdom, and the that's the page that I usually do my lives from, and that automatically gets sent to the group that we have from that page, Biker Wisdom and Thoughts. And one of these days, I'm going to get technically savvy enough to figure out how to upload a lot of those to YouTube and hopefully get that going. There is a YouTube channel 
but I suck at keeping it up. It's just that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's, a chore, it's too much. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on. I mean, I'm on a bunch of different social media, but I spend probably 95 percent of my time on Facebook. So, uh, so yeah. So yeah. I sure wish that Tribal would get the same kind of bells and whistles. I'm not even on Tribal. Uh, but uh, but thank you, Leo. Always glad to have you back. And T, what's happening in North Carolina Way? Right now, we are living in the land of regression. Uh, right now, our House and our Senate are under the control of the Republicans, and they are basically blocking anything that Governor Cooper is trying to get done. Of course they are. They are also trying to repeal gun legislation. <laughs> <clears throat> of course they are. Wow. Also, they're shaking their head right now. I am. Yeah. I don't understand. It um it is a state of they want they they have passed a 12 week abortion ban, a $5,000 fine if you um buy by mail plan B. Oh. Yeah, they're being cute down here. I have a feeling that's going to be on. That's going to be tied up in the courts. <laughs> and they also um, change the rules. Say if a senator is using money, a regular citizen such as myself cannot de- demand a receipt of what that money, what that government money was used for. Oh wow! Nothing like no, no accountability there. Yeah. You right. guys are starting to kind of mirror Florida with that sort of shit. That's the same kind of stuff that DeSantis put into place. Well, that's what that's yep. what uh, you know Sarah Huckabee Sanders did when they when they tried to FOIA those records. They tried to FOIA the records about that podium, mm-hmm. and she tried to get the legislature to to overturn the uh, state's freedom of information law, and they failed. Yep. And they wouldn't do it. So, but yeah, it's crazy. When all else fails, flip a finger in their face. Right. Yeah. But, you know, guys, they, one thing to remember, there are a lot of us out there with a whole lot better angels. We, uh, you know, and we're making a difference. They're, they're trying to do these initiatives everywhere, and we're managing to beat them back. We just have to stay strong. Right. Yeah. I, I know that Mark Elias is trying to get um, – Abortion rights on the ballot in as many states as he can this this fall this November. So, okay. And Ohio and, votes on it next. Ohio votes on it next next or next week. Yeah. And that's the one that came after they voted on um, not having a supermajority. Oh no! I'm correct? sorry. It's week after next, isn't it? Week after next. Yeah. The seventh. Yeah. The seventh. I think they all need to remember a thing, and that is that that vote where Ohio said, nope, we we want to be able to vote on these things. And that is the sentiment around the country. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at popular opinion, I think the thing that's going to probably bite the GOP in the ass the most in this coming election isn't Donald Trump, although that probably will bite him in the ass. I think the thing that's going to bite him in the ass the most is Roe versus Wade. Well, and and T, you've been doing a really great job of getting the message out about this Project Twenty Twenty Five thing that the the Heritage oh, yeah. Foundation. Oh, really? <laughs> you, you want to give oh, us Project Twenty Twenty Five? T, give us an created, uh, created by the Heritage Foundation and PragerU and multiple other ultra conservative groups. Yeah, Did give, you say ultra? 
ultra conservative. I thought you said ultra. Yeah, give us a brief overview of what what it is. Uh, Project 2025, it is a 200-page document. However, if you don't want to sit down and read through it, you can go to YouTube. You can put in Project 2025 audiobook and grab yourself a beer or your beverage of choice and just sit there and listen to how they want to roll back laws and roll back things that have been a benefit to this Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, benefits for veterans. You know, they're all for the veterans until it's time to be for the veterans. They want to give them vouchers. Hmm. Yep. There's a lot more, baby. They want to do away with the Department of Justice, the, uh, the EPA, anything that's under the executive branch. They want to control that, but the president controls that. They want to. They want to turn the the presidency into a kingship, is what it is. Indeed, as exactly long what it as is. it as long as it's like a Donald Trump presidency, that's it, where they want it. That's now, where they're going. Mm-hmm. You know, right now they are already. Yeah, that's what they're going to do? They're already putting out a request for for volunteers to volunteer mm-hmm. to come to work for the new administration and mm-hmm. to fill the spots that they are going to fire. Uh, from all the all the agencies, yeah. You know, I keep saying the only th- the only words missing in that project twenty twenty five. But if you read between the lines, it's there. Reeducation camps. When's that yep. coming? Yeah. Well, and also they want to they want to neuter Congress and give the president the authority to create his own budget without any congressional approval. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Can, we, what's the can we say fascism? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want to be uh, eliminate the the ability of Congress to investigate an administration. Hmm. Oh well. Hmm. What about uh, Hunter Biden there? <laughs> oh well, that, yeah, right. that's different. Yeah, that's national. That's, that's different. Act. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. T. Tell people where they can check you out. Uh, you can find me over on Tickety Talk T Brown one hundred and five, or on Spoutable T Brown. One zero six one. Come on over. Conversation is always brewing. Thank you, T. Also, I think one of the other things they want to do is negate the courts, right? So that the president can override anything the Supreme Court rules. That yes. is a part of it. Yes. Yep, exactly. I mean, it's not as directly it's, written in there, but that is a part of what they're doing. There's a lot of shit implied in there. Yes, it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if anybody, you and indeed, as T says, go go read it, listen to it. it Wikipedia. Get the get the cliff notes. It will scare the shit out of you. That's right. Thank you, T. It, why don't we just burn the Constitution? Well, that's what, what it, it is. Be. That's what it is. Uh, no. First, you got to cut out the Second Amendment, and then you can burn the rest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it right there. And uh, thank you, T and Joe. What's happening up Scramble? Are you going to get snow this week? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> no, we are for you, Joe. Yes. That's uh, no, okay. It's okay. I got the snowblower all ready to go. And... Uh, but of course, nothing ever happens up here in Scranton. You know that, Tim. Yeah. We gave the world Biden, and then we went downhill. Right. <laughs> you know, that's it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I I admire all the work you guys are doing. Uh, I don't work nearly as hard anymore. I stay away from social media almost Smart entirely. Man. <laughs> <Smart> <laughs> and. I only watch uh, Nicole Wallace, and that's it. <laughs> and Rachel Maddow on Monday. 
And that's my news input. The rest of it comes from the late night comics because they have a better take. Absolutely. On what's going on. Yeah. And then I go to the tennis channel. I, as I told Tim many times, in the morning I get up, I turn on the TV, I look at the, the Chiron. If it doesn't say that Donald Trump died, I just go to the tennis channel. <laughs> You're going to get lucky someday, Joe. I am. Mm, right. I am. Awesome. Oh. I am. Because that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting. But for, anyway, I'm waiting uh, for the Chiron that says Donald Trump's in jail. <laughs> no, no, jail isn't going to hold him. Um, dead. Yeah. Dead is best. Um, jail would like just natural be a causes. Natural causes. I just like. I don't wish it any bad on anybody, but I just wish he'd have a massive, massive stroke, hmm. so everybody can make fun of him. Oh wow! Like he made fun of that newspaper reporter, yeah, yeah. and how the Republicans attacked John Fetterman, my favorite senator. Right? No, yeah. I hope that's why I just hope you know we, we could paralyze him and roll him out like a. I'm getting all wound up. Right. Um, you could find me on Facebook, but don't look there. <laughs> or Mastodon, probably not. And you could find me on. Um, WordPress, jsantorsa.wordpress.com, where I sometimes put the uh, clown car update there. All right. Thank you, Joe. Always love it. You got a great clown car segment for us today. I try. Because this week is... Uh, You never know what's going to come on your your porch. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, especially with this new house week, man. (laughs) And uh, Tim Cornwall here, hailing from the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, other side of the state from you, Joe. Oh, I can't believe that we live closer to you when we were in D.C. than we do now. So, <laughs> Yes, you did. <laughs> but, uh, yes. yeah. And uh, I, I always say we're available on Stitcher, but not anymore, because apparently um, somebody bought Stitcher and it no longer exists. Sirius XM, <laughs> I believe. Really? Uh, so, but we are at TimCormo.com, and we're on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts, and we're also on Netverse Radio on Mondays at 6.30 a.m. Eastern and 7 p.m. Eastern, and on Radio for Humans, Mondays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, and it's Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And, uh, Joe, we got a great Facebook page you run for us. And uh, with that, let's do the uh, follow me. Follow me on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Pinterest. Follow me on Twitch. Follow me on MySpace. What the hell is MySpace? Follow me on Musical.ly. Follow me on Reddit. Follow me on the sidewalk. Follow me on the road. Follow me on WhatsApp. Follow me on Daily Motion. Follow, 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 follow me. Yes. And we'll start with T. Who's your social media friend this week? Oh, my social um, media person is actually politics by Tabitha over on YouTube. Uh, She is wonderful. She gives a great breakdown of right and left politics. And her favorite thing is to just disintegrate Donald J. Trump. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, oh, she's on YouTube. I had her on, I put her on TikTok because she's on TikTok too. Yeah, she is at politics by Tabitha. And the reason why I'm focusing on the YouTube is because, um, TikTok likes to go after people who tell a little too much truth. Mm. She's had like 10 different pages. Wow, okay. Yeah, well, let's just play a little bit of her here. I just did a video where I introduced to you guys the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. And as I read down the list of all of the things that he has voted against, 
um, all of the things that he's tried to implement. Those don't say gay ban. Um, he voted against women's rights. He voted against the Violence Against Women Act. There's a whole list. Check the previous video. And as I was reading it, and I mentioned it in that video, I said, think Project 2025. Now, it has come out that Mike here is a spokesperson for a legal fundamentalist Christian fundamentalist organization. The yep. name of that organization is the Alliance Defending Freedom. It is a Christian fundamentalist legal organization. And ding, 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 ding. Some dots connected. And I said, Tabitha, pull up Project 2025 to see if he had any input of this handbook. You know he did. So I did. I went right on over. I pulled it up. Here it is. And at the beginning of the book, it has a list of its advisory board, a list of people who contributed to the entire makeup of this handbook. Read number two, Alliance Defending Freedom. Mm -hmm. Our new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, is the spokesperson for the Alliance Defending Freedom legal organization. He had a hand in, he contributed to the makeup of Project 2025. And based on his voting record and what he has tried to implement as a House representative in Congress, he is following the Project 2025 handbook to a T. Mm -hmm. So when you hear these big content creators talking about, you can't scare me with Project 2025, please know that they are ignorant and are not aware of what's really happening. And for as woke as they think they are, they are still very much asleep. The man is tied to Project 2025. His voting record, the laws that he has tried to introduce fall in line with Project 2025. And he is now the Speaker of the House. He will be a representative for all of those who support Project 2025 and he will work hard to make sure that during the next election, a Republican candidate gets into the White House. This is fucking scary. Let me go and get my passport together. Amen. Amen. Amen, baby.
Yeah, Amen. she said it right there. So T, that guy's a piece of work, man. Yeah, oh, he man. is. Oh, he he is the more it stinks. T, I need to send you. I need to send you the the newsletter that our friend Richard Hines sent out this morning. I'll send it to you after the show because I know you're going to want to get on TikTok and talk about this. But apparently, mm-hmm. when when Mike Johnson was 25, he unofficially adopted a 14 year old African American boy through his church. And he didn't, it's not like a formal adoption where he went through, you know, f- adoption paperwork and stuff. He just sort of took him in and called him his son and like basically put him through the, you know, the, the programming indoctrination, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. right wing. So mm-hmm. did you know about that? Oh, heck yeah. Because we've been digging, looking for any adoption forms and anything other than that one picture of him. And his fiance. That's the only thing. During the time you had this child, you only had one freaking picture, basically a propaganda picture. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and he's not in any of the family photos. Nothing right? to do with him. He's not in any of the family photos. Oh, no, no, no. Mm. He's 30 something years old now, living in California with a wife and children. And like Clarence Com- Thomas' wife has nothing to do with him. This young man has nothing to do with him. I'm sure. In other words, he he adopted a token is what he did. Right. Let's let's be honest about it. That's all he was doing. Mm -hmm. Well, what better way to keep, you know, the word racist out of people's mouth is to point and go, look at here, how can you say that? Yeah. I mean, he he goes one step beyond, you know, I got got a couple of good black friends. Yeah. Yeah, right. There you go. There you go. All right. Politics by Tabitha on YouTube. I will put a link in the show notes and we'll go to Leo. Myself, I'm I'm just, uh, I have a source for a lot of, especially Tennessee politics, but it's national as well. And that is the TennesseeLookout.com. All one word, TennesseeLookout.com. And just as far as a source of, and and they, they, it's not really spun news it does have, we do see more of the stuff from the democratic side but it doesn't really have a spin it is just the news itself it's one of those things that you know and one of the first things i did was to go there and look up mike johnson to find out that oh i had forgotten that he was the guy that introduced the lawsuit to mm-hmm. basically stop the steal the one that the supreme court turned down completely but that was the guy he's the one that put it up there um, and that the Tennessee lookout is, you know, they're just great for little tidbits. Like, and that, that's not a little tidbit. That's a huge one, but, uh, they're, they're good for that. You can find the things there. You know, you'll, you'll find that, uh, Marsha Blackburn is doing pathetically as far as fundraising. Um, she's, uh, she's raised $7 million in, uh, nine months, whereas Gloria Johnson has already, in six weeks, raised $1.3 million. So she's outpacing her, and that's the thing that I didn't realize until I went to TennesseeLookout.com. Give them a look. All right. I'll have a link in the show notes. Thank you, Leo, and let's go to John. My my social media friend of the week is Aaron Trombley. Uh, Aaron Trombley is, is a lady up in uh, Moru, New York, a, a small community, and uh, the reason I, I want to push her for my my uh, my uh, Twitter friend of my social media friend of the week, I'm sorry, my tongue is tied, 
is that Aaron Trombley uh, in our Blue Dot family was a Blue Dot and member of our Blue Dot family for a long time before the first time she ran for this office. She didn't win the first time, but she came close. But she's not a quitter. Aaron Trombley is running for a small office in, uh, for Moru Town Clerk, uh, but she she amplifies what it means to be involved and start getting participation in your own government, in your own city, in your own district. Mm-hmm. And uh, we really want to support her. Uh, her her Act Blue. You can go to actblue.com uh, slash donate slash Aaron for clerk. And, and donate $2 if you're a member of the Blue Dot family or know about us. We push it, what we call two for blue. If you're in a, especially if you're in a, a, a democratic state, you're, you're comfortable with your, your representation, think about donating a couple of dollars to these people that are running in red states and trying their best uh, for the American people. And, and, and they need our support. So Erin Trombley, uh, she's, my, she's my, my social media friend of the week. And she's my two for blue. All right. Aaron Trombley. She's Aaron H. Trombley on Facebook. Aaron H. Trombley. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of people, they think New York is a liberal haven. Only in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> you get outside yeah, of New York, of it's like... Really, it's it's pretty like, rough. It's just like, Pen- rough just like Pennsylvania, man. You get out of Pittsburgh yeah. and... and uh, Scranton like, and Philadelphia, and it's and it's, it's pretty like much Texas, a pencil. Man. What's it, we Joe? All our big cities are. Mm-hmm. You call it Pennsylvania? <laughs> no, I said, what's between Scranton and Pittsburgh? Alabama. 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 Right. <laughs> right. All right, Aaron H. Trombley. All these links are in the show notes, and we'll go to Joe. Well, uh, my my uh, social media friend of the week was donated by one Tim Coromal. Right. <laughs> yes. It is John Hightower and or Jim uh, Hightower. Jim Hightower. Or Jim Hightower, and and uh, Tim has a clip demonstrating why. Well, let me just preface this too. When I was with with you in Scranton, we mm-hmm. we were sitting uh, watching MSNBC and talking, and uh, one of the many ads about that f- pharmaceutical ads or whatever that feature pickleball <laughs> came oh, on the God. TV, and you gave me yes. an earful about how much you hate pickleball. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's there's like I said two subjects, and they're both related to shit. Uh, pickleball and Colaguard. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, you giving us your rant on Colaguard, but uh, yeah. So uh, pickleball is a made up game. <laughs> yes, that's uh, running it, tennis yes. players off of their courts, right? Yes. And it's basically uh, for people who are too old to move left or right, forward or back, so they just stand there. <laughs> and hit a wiffle ball back and forth to each other. Right. So, yeah. uh, but I was listening to uh, Jim Hightower while I was out running some errands yesterday, and and I, this made me think of you. And I said, Joe, you got to make this your uh, social media friend here. Oh, thank God for Ted Cruz. Once again, the far right wing U.S. senator is saving you and me from a political horror that doesn't exist. This is Ted's specialty, for he seems unable to deal with the real economic and social problems that workaday people actually have. Thus, he constantly tries to divert attention from his senatorial incompetence by staging embarrassing political stunts, such as his furious fulminations against Big Bird, Mickey Mouse, and other fictional characters. Unable to triumph over them, however, Cruz is now conjuring up entirely fictional conflicts to let him, a Harvard-educated elitist, pose as a hero of working-class commoners. Beer drinkers, for example. 
The cruiser recently swooped onto a Republican TV show, squawking like Chicken Little that Joe Biden intended to restrict us Americans to only two beers a week. Oh, the horror! What is it with liberals that want to control every damn aspect of your life, squealed the senator, who, by the way, does want government to control every woman's reproductive rights, people's voting rights, the rights of labor, what books people can read, etc., etc. But Ted's in a tizzy over Biden's two-beer limit. Only, there's no such thing. Actually, Biden has said nothing about beer. Zero, zilch. Joe's kind of busy. You know, Ukraine, global warming, health care, real problems. So, unlike the little senator from Texas, he doesn't have time to play political pickleball. This <laughs> is Jim Hightower saying, embarrassingly, such other GOP officials as Iowa Senator Joni Ernst have joined Cruz's screwball crusade to stop Biden's non-existent beer bust. It's like they all went to clown school to learn to be senatorial. As for Ted, his nonstop series of nutty PR antics reveals that he is to a real senator what near beer is to beer, only not nearly as close. Hey, man. Hey, man. I love it. Man. Political pickleball, that is forever stuck in my head. Because <laughs> that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> that really hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah, you get your, get your uh, <laughs> slap there. <laughs> Where did that two beer limit thing come from originally? Oh, I think it was a movement down in Cancun one time. Oh, was it? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, let's worry about that. Two beers when he was in Cancun. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Well, I can tell you what's going to happen when it finally gets to the Supreme Court. You're going to have Kevin Kavanaugh up there going, I like beer. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, but this is it. This is it. But this is it. I mean, this is it. They're making up stuff to to fear monger on. (laughs) That's all they have, Tim. They have nothing else. The whole Republican Party. We haven't seen shit out of the Republican side of the legislature over there. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Hunter Biden. But I'm the, out of that shit. Yeah. And blaming the paralysis on the Democrats. Right. I, I mean, always, did, did anybody ever, did you look at the one that uh, Trey Crowder did about that little bit? His quote on that, it's, it's like if you had the Westboro Baptist Church burn down their church house in the middle of the day in front of the whole world and then start screaming, why wouldn't the gays help us? It, right. It's the same thing with what they're doing right now in Washington. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What the fuck does any of that have to do with the Democrats? Y'all yeah. set that up. Well, I, I mean, last week on the show, we played two clips back to back of one Republican congressman coming out and blaming Biden for, for the speaker business in the House. And then another one came out and blamed the Democrats in the House. It's their fault. That, that the, was their whole game during this time. Was to blame every time they, you had a Republican on TV. The, the words out, well, the Democrats ganged up with, with a couple of Republicans and threw McCarthy. No, bullshit. Mm-mm. But that's what the Republicans do, and they do it all the time. When when they are in office, they rape and steal everything they can. And then when they leave office, they try to kick this country in the shins, make it as bad as they can so they can point at it and go, look how terrible things are. Elect us. Yeah. They're the ones that came. It was the Freedom Caucus that came up with that one vote rule. Where just one person can bring it to the floor. Oh, you and mean it, the Tea Party? Yeah. That's, they, that's you who know, the Freedom they, Caucus is, the Tea Party. 
That's who they are. You're right. And one of the things, you know, to, to set that up that way, you you didn't think that maybe that could bite you in the ass? And then it's when they did it, They rely on their they voters' vote. short-term memory. Yes. No. I'm so uh, I thought we were the ones that smoked all the pot. Right. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Right. So Jim Hightower, I'll put a link to his Facebook page, but you can also go to jimhightower.com and sign up for his Substack newsletter and uh, get on his mailing list. And he 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 is awesome. He does a lot of a lot of great uh, great stuff. You can sign up for his podcast over on um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, but yeah, they're all like two minutes a piece, so easy to get through. Uh, twice a week. And I went this week with uh, Lindy Lee on threads. And she says, political strategist, Biden delegate, Pennsylvania commissioner. I didn't know she was a Pennsylvania commissioner. DNC National Finance Committee. Princeton alumni, class president. And she's a runner. And she, I picked her because she posted on thread. She said, Jenna Ellis was crying as she pleaded guilty to helping to overturn the election. Mark Meadows is now claiming he tried to stop the insurrection, despite being a lead insurrectionist, Sidney Powell by, vowed, uh, vows to apologize to Georgia. Kenneth Cheesebro admits that he was lying the whole time. Let's be clear. They're not sorry at all. They're just sorry they got caught. That's Amen. Amen. They're sorry they got caught. And you saw that this week with Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell pleaded guilt this last week. Sidney Powell pleads guilty. And then, or was that week before, whatever, and she is supposed to apologize to the voters of the state of Georgia as part of her plea deal. And what does she do? She goes out on her social media and claims that the election was rigged and that she was compelled to, to plead guilty by the, by the attorney general of Georgia, Fannie Willis. And I have a feeling she might end up back in court. <laughs> That's, That's exactly what I thought when I saw that reporting. Yeah, she might be dragged back in there and said, um, excuse me, um, your plea deal? <laughs> Out the window, baby. <laughs> right? Well, you know, there, there there, we go again, though. The, the party of law and order, until the law applies to them. You know, I, I'm looking at... Trump is out there doing all of his shit about a two-tier justice system. Buddy... The shit you've gotten away with just in the court cases in the last month, just in a month, no other human being would have gotten away with. Any of us would have been in jail by this time, with running his mouth the way he does every day. Mm, yeah. We would have all been in jail. So, yeah, he's getting preferential treatment. But, you know, I, the, the, I'm sure the court is walk, walking at me because if you, you do put him in jail. He's he's going to use it for publicity, baby. He's going to run it up the flagpole and get everybody to salute to that shit. Right. You and I talked about this last night, John. I think yeah. he's doing intentionally to get. I, I, I think I, he's looking for a few days in jail. Oh, absolutely. He is not running to be elected. He is running to raise an army. If he is on the ballot, he won. That's it. Yeah. You don't. He's what? He's even out there telling his voters, "You don't have to go vote. You don't have to vote. Just watch him other guys vote because we won." already right yeah and well he knows it i i've been saying that all week i think he intentionally wants one of these judges he's pushing them trying them to see he which one's going to lock him up for 24 hours or three days or or even 30 days so then his campaign can immediately go out and start fundraising oh, on it. i went to jail for fundraise him. the shit out of that and, and 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 pull more maggots out from underneath their rocks mm -hmm. he is trying to raise an army that's what i don't 
Project 2025 falls right in with that shit. Yep. Well, you see it. I mean, he keeps pushing and pushing and pushing, and he's going to push <laughs> until he gets. And now look who we have as Speaker of the House. Right. Yep. All of this is all coalescing. It's all getting together and all starting to wrap up into a lot of different places. Right. And one of the things that show notes that came out and one of the things that brought up and maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit here. But one of the things that came out was his ridiculous off the fucking hinge rant about the word us. Oh, yes. And that he's such a genius. Because he somehow understands that, oh, U.S. is the same spelling. United States is the same as us. And he should be considered an, a great orator because he realized that. Right. What is he doing? I, I think, think the same ever thing. realized it before him. No. Well, I think no, it's, nobody even put that together. I think his cheese has slipped off the cracker. <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Listen to any of his but speeches. It, Did you see that? The, not the same. Everybody was kind of wondering. Why did he hang on to all of those documents? I think it's the exact same thing so that he can stand out there and say, I know stuff. Did you see the rally? I think it was where in Arizona or somewhere. I, I'm not, I forget where it was this week, this last week. And he's up on stage and there's all these people there and they get so bored that the, the crowds are just walking out and leaving in the middle of his speech. Yeah. <laughs> These crowds are getting small. They don't want to turn the camera around and look at that shit. Yeah. Not, you know, it, it, you know, you just have to keep hoping that, that, uh, I don't know. I don't know. The person, the person, that, know, the person that was stroke, interviewing the people. Stroke. That's what you have to keep hoping. That's what, stroke is the best stroke. thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the people, well, I think he's already had one, but the people that were, the people that were leaving, they, someone, a reporter was stopping and asking him why they were leaving the mid rally. And he's like, oh, he just doesn't, he, he, he doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have that, you know, what, what brought us here is boring. Oh, you know, he's not. Well, if it's not his realization <laughs> that U.S. spells us, uh, it, it, what was it the other day? He was talking about the microphone. He went on and on about the microphone he was using. Don't pay the bill. We're not paying the bill for this microphone. This is a terrible microphone. Nobody can hear me. Can you hear me back? He'll waste fucking 20 minutes on some bullshit just to eat up time. Yes. All That's right. all he's got is, is bullshit. Yes. Well, uh, so before the uh, the um, Republicans elected a um, a person who uh, who is a traitor to the Constitution and to um, democracy <laughs> as their speaker by electing a guy who was the architect of trying to overthrow the election. <laughs> by the way, did you guys see the video of the he guy? Wrote the, or, or the he post? wrote the abacus, didn't he? Yeah, well, uh, he 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 apparently went on one of the talk shows or something, and or cable news shows, and said that you know, well, he God God destined him <laughs> to be yeah. to be to be speaker. He said, <laughs> and uh, anybody who serves in office is destined by God. And <laughs> the person's response was, well, then why'd you try to overturn the election, <laughs> of yeah. Joe Biden? Right. <laughs> Stupid, but uh, listen. Is that, now is that the one that had all the shut ups going on in there? The the Republicans. Oh, we're gonna get to we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, Liz Cheney was on uh, with uh, Jake Tapper on CNN State of the Union last Sunday. With me now is former Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney, who was once the third ranking Republican in the House. I have to ask, what has it been like to watch this fiasco play out over the last few weeks? 
I, I mean, it, it is, uh, it's hard to describe. Um, I wish that it were surprising. Um, you know, what we've seen is a result of really um, the leadership decisions that Kevin McCarthy made all the way back after the 2020 election and certainly after January 6th. And, you know, looking the other way in the face of the kind of assault on our democracy that we've seen uh, from Donald Trump and his allies in the House, including Jim Jordan, elevating uh, those members, um, frankly, uh, some of whom are white supremacists, some of whom are uh, anti-Semitic, um, uh, a number of whom in, were involved directly in the attempt to seize power um, and overturn the election. So it's, it's, it's not a surprise when you see uh, that those people have been empowered. But, but it's also... It's McCarthy really empowered dangerous. them, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, in order to be able to uh, obtain the votes he needed to become speaker. But I also have been, you know, watching the extent to which political violence and the threats of violence have now reared their head once again. You know, those have become part of our politics in a way that, that certainly they never should. Um, I talked to one of my former colleagues who was in the meeting with Jordan and uh, the holdouts a few days ago. Uh, and he told me that when some of the members who were receiving these threats of violence raised it and, and asked Jordan about it, uh, that another of our colleagues, Representative Davidson, also from Ohio, said essentially, it's not Jim Jordan's fault, it's your fault because you're voting oh, against Jim Jordan. Yeah. Now that kind of um, acceptance of uh, violence uh, <laughs> is completely um, uh, inappropriate and dangerous in our politics. Um, so I, you know, they, we need people who are serious um, and who recognize and understand the dangers that we're facing globally, as well as uh, from Donald Trump and those who support him. It used to be that that kind of what's called stochastic terrorism, the idea of people demonizing their enemies and not specifically not specifically calling for violence against their enemies, but demonizing them in such a way, you know, who will rid me of this meddlesome priest? Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, and then people come and threaten them. That that was, that was frowned upon, that was discouraged in politics. Do you trace it back to Donald Trump? Like, when did this become an acceptable part of Republican politics? I think you certainly would have to trace it back, you know, in its modern version to Donald Trump. And, and we now know... Um, frankly, because of, of the lie. We know that the lie about the election, we know that telling people that they have to you know, use violence in order to take back their country, we know that that lie uh, was very effective in sparking violence, and it hasn't stopped. I mean, one of, the, one of the issues that I, again, I hope will come up at the Speaker's Forum tomorrow night is the question that Ken Buck keeps asking is, you know, do you understand, do you accept that Donald Trump lost the election in 2020? Um, and do you understand and recognize the connection between continuing that lie uh, and the political violence that we've seen unleashed across the country? And a bunch of the candidates for speaker, Kevin Hearn, Byron Donalds, Mike Johnson, Jack Bergman, all of them voted to object to the Electoral College results in Arizona and Pennsylvania and to disenfranchise millions of Americans based on those lies. Is that disqualifying? Certainly. I think there's no question. And I think it tells you, though, you know, uh, over 140 members of the House Republican Conference voted to object and voted to object after the violence. 147, to be exact. 147. Yeah, well, she's right. But, you know, the whole thing she mentioned there with Ken Buck going on TV, playing political pickleball, Joe, by saying he wasn't going to vote for anybody for speaker who objected, to, who, who won't admit that, that Biden won the election. 
but then turned around and voted for Mike Johnson, who was the architect of overthrowing the election. Mm-hmm. Political pickle. You looking for integrity on that side? No, duh, doesn't Sorry, exist. Right? <laughs> right? There ain't none over there. there. Ain't none over there. They gave that shit up a long time ago. That whole side of the equation, though, I mean, really, what they set up there and how it went, we, we talked about it earlier. McCarthy allowed this one member thing, and they set the whole thing up, turned into a shit show, mm-hmm. and now they're crying about it. Right, and blaming everybody else. Point the finger. Yep, yep. And then, I, so you know, I know what I, I'm sorry, what was that, T? But what I want to know is... What do they have on them that they now suddenly change their views? Uh-huh. After all of the threats, after the intimidation, they went ahead and voted for this man that everybody knows his history. Mm-hmm. Well, and you saw that. Oh, it's it's your fault that that uh, it's your fault that you're getting death threats. It's your fault the husband's beating you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. But. Uh, and then on on uh, 60 Minutes Australia, I don't watch 60 Minutes anymore after they gave Marjorie Taylor Greene a platform to spread her disgusting message. But uh, but uh, the, what's this? The billionaire, the Australian billionaire. Oh, uh, I forgot his name. Well, they'll say it here. It's hardly an insult to say Donald Trump has a big mouth. It's a truth, even <laughs> as most ardent supporters acknowledge. For years, what he said has often caused trouble. Two weeks ago, US media accused the former president of leaking classified information about America's submarine fleet to Australian billionaire Anthony Pratt. Anthony Pratt. Trump denies any secrets were disclosed. But tonight, we have our own leak. In this joint investigation with the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, 60 Minutes has obtained audio recordings of Anthony Pratt. They reveal the businessman's extraordinary dealings with Trump and a whole lot more. The Mar-a-Lago Resort and Private Club in Palm Beach, Florida, oozes excess. For owner Donald Trump, it's the epitome of luxury, the perfect place to wine and dine business elites who share his views. This country's blessed with entrepreneurial spirit. People like Australian Anthony Pratt, who sits third on our rich list and joined the Ritzy Club in 2017. God bless America, the greatest country on earth. Pratt's worth $24 billion, so the $200,000 Mar-a-Lago membership fee was nothing. But the access it bought, a friendship with Trump, was priceless. We're here to celebrate a great opening and a great gentleman, as you know, from Australia, Anthony Pratt. In 2019, as the Australian billionaire expanded his cardboard packaging and recycling business, at a new paper mill in the US, then President Trump turned up and dialed in the charm. Anthony is one of the most successful men in the world. Uh, perhaps Australia's most successful man, as they say, right? They might have been an unlikely pair, but for most observers, the relationship between Pratt and Trump was largely unremarkable. That is, until two weeks ago when the American ABC network reported something strange. Former president shared potentially sensitive information about America's nuclear submarines while at Mar-a-Lago. Donald Trump was accused of not being able to shut up in the months after he left the White House, allegedly disclosing classified information 
about America's nuclear submarine fleet to his Aussie friend. In all, Pratt described what the former president had told him with at least 45 others, including six journalists, 11 of his company's employees, 10 Australian officials, and three former Australian prime ministers. In typical fashion, when the news broke, Trump denied any wrongdoing. But tonight, there's a startling twist. So he's got this ability to say outrageous things, non-stop. We've obtained secret recordings, which reveal what Anthony Pratt thought about Donald Trump during his tenure in the Oval Office, and what Trump thought about the world. He's outrageous. He just uh, says whatever the f he wants, and he loves to shock people. It's clear from the tapes Pratt believed Trump loved to brag, and it seems no subject was off limits. Mm, Pratt describes a conversation he had with the president in late 2019, shortly after the commander-in-chief had ordered a military strike against Iraq. I hadn't even heard it. It hadn't even been on the news yet. He said, I just bombed Iraq today. According to Pratt, even after that, Trump wouldn't be quiet. He went on to repeat details of the private phone call he just had with a furious Iraqi leader. He said, I just bombed Iraq today. And the president of Iraq called me up and said, you just leveled my city. And he said, and I said to him, OK, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Huh. You know, when I hear that kind of news... I'm like, what the hell is this man? Why the hell is this man not in jail, right? <laughs> I mean, literally, is Jack Smith going going to go out, go after him for this? Because I mean, this man should not should not be out in the public, right? <laughs> Let alone running for president. It just makes me go because I think I'm gonna explode any minute if any more shit hits the fan today. I feel like that, right? <laughs> shit's gonna hit the fan tomorrow you know it is you know it is that's the sad part I of mean, this is this freaking drama keeps going we keep You're hearing right, Tim. This it is a long time ago. is it just his ego i don't know or is there some other nefarious thing underneath there is this a transactional thing all i know is it's scary as shit i think a lot of it leo has to do with his ego he has spent his life promoting himself as the 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 top of the food chain, the, the, the best there is of anything, anywhere, anything, Trump water, Trump steaks, Trump fucking anything. Right. And that's all he's ever had is to sell his name. Hell, half his fucking buildings don't belong to him. He just fucking gives him out his name. That's it. You know, it, it, it's ridiculous that, that, that there's so many people, uh, you know, put their faith in, in, in such a. You get frustrated talking about it. You know, you try to get the words out of your mouth of how you feel about him, but it's disgusting that anybody in this country ever voted for him in the first place. Right, but I mean, why? I mean, we, 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 we've we heard about this New Jersey, him like telling the, the, the woman who was writing this book about the classified documents and showing them to her. You know, oh, I can't let you look at these any closer because they're classified. You know, now we got Anthony Pratt coming out and saying that he shared nuclear submarine Stuff we got dead CIA agents, <laughs> you know, because of his mouth. Because of his mouth, I mean, What's it's that just, old saying they used to say back in the old old days: "Loose lips sink ships." Mm -hmm. Literally, 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 and that's exactly what he's done since he's left office. He's just you know. Well, even when he, he was in office, you remember when he had the Russians in the Oval Office? The first thing he did, 
First time we ever let Russian agents in our Oval Office. Ever, ever, ever. Yeah, and we see it, how careless he is with classified documents. Wondering what is endgame, though? Why? If he were to get back in office, A, Ukraine belongs to Russia. He's going to walk out of there and hand it over to him. North Korea, oh, yeah, we're going to get chummy chummy with their ass, too. Yeah, well, He's going to push Turkey to go a little more right than they are. Yeah, and Gaza will be, you know, nuclear glass or whatever, you know. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if Israel wasn't wasn't so close, you know, they I'm sure they would. They, they would. But uh, why is that an issue anyway? I thought Jared handled all of that. But I right, didn't he solve the Middle oh, East yeah, yeah, peace yeah, yeah, crisis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Jared got the check, okay. baby. Two billion dollars. And we have to remember, uh, during uh, late 2020, uh, they actually went to the World Court trying to press charges against Trump for murdering a member of their community. Only reason he didn't, they didn't take it up was the world court said we have never held a trial against a sitting president. He ain't sitting no more. That's a rule that needs to go by the wayside, but here and every other damn place. Right. Yes. Well, then uh, we saw uh, Mitt Romney's got a book. Who doesn't have a new book coming out? Everybody's got a I'm going to write a book. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, I believe I heard that, uh, uh, what's his name, Tucker Carlson's autobiography sold less than 3,000 copies. <laughs> uh, Shortage on toilet paper, I understand. So I, I hear you, right? Uh, but more, uh, Mika Brzezinski was having a good time with the uh, the guy, McKay Coppins, I guess is the guy that wrote, that ghost wrote uh uh, Romney's book here. Republican Senator Mitt Romney, who was the party's nominee for president in 2012, now says he doesn't have a place in today's GOP. Jitting. Joining us now, staff writer at The Atlantic, McKay Coppins. He is the author of the new biography entitled Romney, A Reckoning, which officially goes on sale tomorrow. A lot of people talking about the book already. McKay, uh, let's go through it. And I, I do think um, his relationship with Trump and, and how it progressed and digressed would be a, a great place to start. Yeah, it's interesting. He uh, actually first met Donald Trump in the 90s when he had this kind of strange trip to Mar-a-Lago that I write about in the book. Um, and at the time, he thought of him as not, you know, an especially serious person. Didn't even He says he didn't really think of him as a businessman. He thought of him as a celebrity and kind of a cartoon right. character. But over the years, uh, you know, he went from seeing him as sort of this comic relief side character in his life, not a real political figure, even when he accepted Donald Trump's endorsement during the 2012 Republican primaries, sort of wrote it off as, you know, he's just a weird celebrity that some people seem to like. And obviously, over the past 10 years, he became more and more menacing, more and more influential. And as he took center stage in American politics, Romney became more and more kind of concerned about him. And obviously now sees him as, you know, one of the most destructive forces in the Republican Party and in American life. Yeah, it's quite a transformation. I think a lot of people have gone through uh, with Donald Trump. McKay, you write in mm. the book about how like Romney says Florida governor Ron DeSantis has, quote, no warmth at all. And he <laughs> called Newt Gingrich a, quote, smug know-it-all, smarmy and too pleased with himself. Romney also <laughs> called Senator Ted Cruz, quote, frightening, scary and a demagogue. And former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, a, quote, huckster, a caricature. Do you think? 
of a for-profit teacher, preacher. Romney also described former Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal as, quote, a twit, and former <laughs> Senator Rick Santorum as sanctimonious, severe, and strange. On former Governor, Texas Governor Rick Perry, Romney said, quote, Republicans must realize that we have to have someone who can complete a sentence. Yeah. And this is what Romney had to say about former Ohio Governor John Kasich, quote, lack of thoughtfulness, lack of attentiveness, ego, no wonder he and Chris Christie spark. <laughs> Why do you think he's speaking so candidly about so many? I mean, some of those are pretty searing. I would argue that a lot of them, you know, kind of spot on, but go ahead. <laughs> well, well, you know, some of those quotes are from his journals, which he gave me early on in the process of writing the book. I later found out without having read them himself. He hadn't reread them. And so he kind of handed over hundreds of pages of his private journals, including some pretty uh, candid comments about members of his party. But a lot of those comments are from interviews he gave me over the two years that we spent together. And I mean, look, you know, the, as those quotes have kind of gotten out over the past week, some people have said, well, Romney looks petty or he's consumed with these old resentments. And I'll let people make that judgment for themselves. I, I think that what's really at play here is that Romney is enormously disappointed in the leaders of his party. He feels like, uh, you know, this party that once stood for all these things that he believed in, democracy, the Constitution, uh, value, you know, family values, character, has been fully corrupted by Donald Trump and that all these people he once respected have rallied around him. And so while, you know, it, it's fair to question whether it was wise for him to make these comments, I think that at, at the root of them is a profound frustration with what his party has become and seeing old friends and allies uh, kind of rally around Donald Trump in a way that he finds pretty dispiriting. Right? Wow. <laughs> I yeah. mean, well, I don't think we learned anything new from that. It just confirmed what we all already knew. <laughs> yeah. Rick Perry, we need somebody who can complete a sentence, please. <laughs> well, we well, did I just can't even on the Republican Party right now. I'm sorry? We learned that Romney does not have a backbone. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, that was obvious during the 2012 election cycle, right? Yep. You know, but I mean, it's like, oh, my God. And 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 apparently everybody in the Republican Party hates Ted Cruz. <laughs> everybody hates Ted Cruz. Everybody hates Ted Cruz. Oh, my gosh. But then, Leo, you were talking about Trump's rambly speech here. If we don't win, you know, Europe is not exactly doing great because when we do badly, they do badly. We are, you know, in theory, the leader of the world and we're leading so badly and they don't care and they don't respect us anymore. They don't respect. They respected me. When uh, France wanted to put taxes on our businesses, I said, you can't do it. And you know the story. I said, you can't do it. There's no taxes on our businesses. Why are you doing that? He said, uh, Macron, nice guy. You know, look, he's for France. I'm for, I'm for us. I'm for us. You know how you spell us, right? You spell us, U.S. I just picked that up. Has anyone ever thought of that? I just picked that up. A couple of days I'm reading and it said us. And I said, you know, if you think about it, us equals U.S. Is, isn't it? Now, if we say something genius, they'll never say it. You know, we get 25, 30, 40, 50, 80,000, 100,000 people to speeches. They've never said Trump's a great speaker. 
Never said. I've never oh, heard man. it. I said to my people, do you think they'll ever acknowledge I must be doing okay? Uh, except I'm a very handsome person, so I guess a lot of you want to sit. They want to sit and look at me because I'm so, like oh. a beauty pageant. Hey. Now it's amazing. I mean, the other day we had, in Iowa, we had thousands and thousands. You couldn't get them into this big, big room. Until they walked And Ron DeSanctimonious had like 22 people. And they said, uh, they both spoke. You know, it's like, it's, it's incredible. Trump University. Go pricks. <laughs> Go pricks. Go pricks. <laughs> wow. Oh, Presidential high. Don't no. you get the feeling that there's somebody standing over him that's got one of those little sheets of paper with the little star stickers, and he's just waiting for one of them to, to be put on his paper? Yeah, well, and you wonder why, and you wonder why people are walking out of his spe- out of his rally in the middle with that. Wow. <laughs> It's because they take TV cameras around and they go, oh, fuck, I don't want to be in this shit. (laughs) Get me out of here, baby. That's who they want, though. That's their guy. Yeah. That's that's the man that they want to rule this country. Rule it. So, T, were you going to say something there? T? I think she's a great speaker. Yeah. And if you check out any of his followers... Mention any of these indictments, and they all say, "Ah, it's fake news. I don't want to read it. I don't want to hear about it." Mm-hmm. His people. Half of them can't read. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Joe, are we ready to go see what's happening down in the clown car garage? Uh, yeah, I think it's Halloween, isn't it? It is Halloween. It, it is. Yeah. It's a scary time of the year, Joe. Yes. Well, I had some visitors. little suspense music there (laughs) (laughs) but uh let's go see well it's halloween again and time for scary movies and kids dressed up in their favorite characters wanting to fill their plastic pumpkins with tasty treats in fact I think I see some at our front door right now. Let's see who this is. A big fat yellow gourd with a matching yellow wig. Why, it's the great Trumpkin. Good thing we stocked up on Big Macs and french fries. What? Halloween was rigged against you? Well, I have something better than a gag order. (laughs) Just stuff this KFC leg in your pie hole and run along now. (laughs) Let's see who this is. Well, it looks like a little clown bus. Let's see who gets out. Wow, 222 House Republicans. Look how cute they are, running around, bumping into each other, and hitting each other with bats and clubs. (laughs) Now, kids, let's behave and... Maybe the great Trumpkin will let you kiss his ass. He just left. Maybe you can catch him. Here's some red meat and now back on the bus. Let's see who this is. A woman in an evening gown? Oh, wait. What is that attached to her right hand? Oh, it's her boyfriend's crotch. Why, it's Lauren Bulbert at a Beetlejuice play. Well, here's a vape pen and a week's supply of weed, and on your way. 
gave her weed. <laughs> Let's see who this is. A little old man ranting and raving and spitting on everyone? Should I let him in? Okay. Wait. What happened to your head, little man? Did someone hit you? Oh, I see. It's just hair dye dripping from your wig. Why, it's Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York and current indicted co-conspirator. All right, here you go, little guy. A fifth of scotch and a hundred dollars toward your legal defense fund. Now run away. That's generous. <laughs> Let's see who this is. A young man in a tuxedo pushing a baby carriage. Hey, oh, I see. It's Congressman Matt Gates and his prom date. <laughs> What's that, little Matt? Just give you some breath mints? What about your date? Oh, just send $1,000 to her Venmo account. You got it, Matt. Have fun at the dance, you kids. Let's see who this is. A man in a nice suit and a jacket holding a gavel and a Bible. Well, it's certainly not Jim Jordan. Nope. And who is this old lady screaming at everybody? Is that your mother? <laughs> oh, I get it. Your newly elected speaker, Mike Johnson, and North Carolina Congress screamer, Virginia Fox. Well, just quiet down, Virginia, and I'll give you some insure. After all... Who's afraid of Virginia Fox? <laughs> See what I did there? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Let's see who this is. Why, it's the scary Grim Reaper. Now, you are scary. I'll tell you what. I'll give you $1 million if you just catch up with all those kids that were just here and, you know, you do you. Bye-bye, you little brats. <laughs> There I'm scared. You go. <laughs> I'm scared of that fucking clown car, Joe. There you it's go. It's a horror show. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, I think last year you had the Supreme Court come into your door. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh wow! It's that Talk time of year. It is time for clowns. clowns Scary clowns. And ghosts and goblins and congressmen. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think the best one there was. Uh, Lauren Bobert with her boyfriend's crotch t attached That's to her hand. <laughs> oh, he, she can't let go of that girl. Right, right. Uh, one thing about her, she reaches across the aisle. <laughs> one way or the other. She did. I'm a witness. I saw it. She reached right over there. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, then we saw Jenna Ellis's uh, Sorry She Got Caught. All right. Thank you, Mr. Hogan. <laughs> Thank you, Your Honor, for the opportunity to address the court. As an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously, and I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. Of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. To the best of my ability, I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. 
What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. For those failures of mine, Your Honor, I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar who censured me, and I now take responsibility before this court and apologize to the people of Georgia. Thank you. Mm. Fuck you, no, get your ass to jail. Turns out, and come on, girl. There is not one person in the Republican Party right now that has to do their due diligence. Why in the hell would you do it? Nobody expects you to, hmm. but now you're going to cry at us that you didn't. Well, Fuck she's you, she's crying that yeah, she, that's what I say. She's crying that just she lied quiet. down with dogs and got fleas, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, wow. But the dominoes do keep falling. Well, you know and she's. We'll see more. She's not out of the doghouse yet because remember she's uh, the one who signed that affidavit to DOJ claiming that Trump didn't have any more any more uh, classified documents before the FBI. Went in and, and uh, you know served, uh, executed the search warrant. Yeah, but that was only because all the more experienced lawyers told her that. So right. therefore, she yeah. didn't do her due diligence. Right. Well, they did, didn't they? Yes. Well, and then uh, uh, Norm Eisen was on with John Berman on CNN discussing this. Ellis seems to have um, a lot of uh, anger toward Donald Trump, and think? the question is, how will that anger that she's shown over social media? Um, transpire when she's asked to give testimony and work with the prosecutors here in this ongoing case against the former president and all of those other defendants uh, who are still facing facing those charges here, Gus. Yeah, it, you would think it does increase the legal jeopardy for sure. Now the fourth of the co-defendants in the Fulton County case to enter into a plea agreement. Uh, just stand by for one minute. I want to bring back Ambassador Norm Eisen here. Uh, Norm, as we said, four co-defendants have now entered into plea deals. She, Jenna Ellis, agreed to plead guilty to one count of aiding and abetting false statements in writing. Again, this has to do with statements she made alongside Rudy Giuliani uh, in a Georgia hearing in December of 2020. None of the co-defendants has pleaded guilty to the RICO or racketeering charge yet, though. So how do any, or do they, any of these guilty pleas perhaps impact that, which is... The, the, maybe the bigger of all the charges here. Well, because it has a five-year mandatory sentence. <laughs> um, John, they enable prosecutors, the guilty pleas do, they enable prosecutors to prove up the RICO charges against the most senior individuals who have been charged. Of course, uh, Mr. Giuliani and above all, the former president. And uh, that, that, that works in a variety of ways. You need to prove two predicate acts, two of the enumerated uh, criminal acts under that RICO statute as one of the elements of proof, for example. Well, now you're going to have Mr. Chesborough, Ms. Powell, uh, Jenna Ellis come in, and that streamlines the proof. Five months had been set aside for the Chesborough uh, trial. Uh, Chesbro and Powell trial because of that painstaking process. Now it can move much more quickly. And when you look at Miss Ellis's tearful presentation, admitting that these falsehoods that Donald Trump still continues to push on the campaign trail, 
uh, were lies, that she was misled. That's going to be very powerful for a jury. Two, his defense stands on two legs in Georgia and federally, John. One is that he actually won the election, and the other is that's the factual predicate, and the other is the legal argument. Therefore, I had the right to challenge it in the way that I did. Well, Miss Ellis, Miss Powell, they were purveyors of those falsehoods about him winning. They've backed down. They've pled guilty. Mr. Chesbro was a main architect of the legal theory. He's backed down. So it pulls the rug out from under Donald Trump's defense. This is very, very ominous for him as a state and federal criminal defendant. Same for Giuliani. There you go. Oh, oh, faster. Yeah, well, you know what? Jenna Ellis and uh, Cheeseboro, they uh, uh, pled guilty to one felony count, which means now they don't they won't be able to vote. And Sidney Powell pled to four, no, six misdemeanors. I think it was six misdemeanor counts. But after her her antics on social media, you know, back backtracking her 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 plea guilty plea, uh, you know that. She, they may bring her in and, and add a felony charge on there and if they're going to keep the agreement, you know. <laughs> they so should. They yeah. should, yeah. But, because uh, she just violated that agreement, didn't she? Yes, she did. Yeah, so. so. Once again, the, the laws only apply when, it, when they apply to Democrats. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's the thing. I want to know, do you think that there was a game being played by Chisborough and Sidney Powell? We want to be tried separately. I kind of think they were playing chicken and they thought it wouldn't happen. And then when it happened, they were like, oh, wait, we're going to plead. I kind of get the feeling that um, Sydney Powell thinks she's smarter than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So she went on social media, not realizing they'll drop the fucking bomb on you. Right. Of what you right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. That's it. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just... The reason they're not going to plead guilty to Rico is because it has a mandatory five-year sentence in jail. The judge can't can't waive that because it's mandatory, you know, in the sentencing uh, law. Somebody's got to go to jail, don't they? Yeah, I think they're all arguing over who it's going to be. Well, I guess Trump. Well, Trump says he's going to he's 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 being convicted for uh, for you. They're <laughs> indicted for for you, right. John. So, so maybe he'll go to jail for They're you. They're nailing me on the cross. There you. you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm then, just anxious to see what Mark Meadows' testimony is. There's a good. There's, oh, there's good I'm thoughts. anxious to find out what documents he was burning in the fireplace. That's and a good you question. know, that's a good and you too. and you know, uh, Jack Smith asked him about that, <laughs> right? I think that's something we all want to do. Yeah. No. So, uh, what, what were you burning in the fireplace that was so incriminating? You had to burn it that you know drastically. So, well, and are there not copies? What's that? Are there not copies? Hmm. Well, he burned them, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they don't get the originals, do they? Well, I'm sure they're electronic copies somewhere, unless they deleted those too. Well, unless they were handwritten notes. Mm, could be. Oh. And we all know how Donnie is about. Documents. Mm-hmm. Donnie doesn't want any documents associated with him. Right. Yeah. Well, before the the House Republicans elected Mike uh, Johnson, they had a, a few other things happen. So here was Ma- uh, Manu Raju talking about one of them. Concerned are you about his vote on same sex marriage? Uh, very concerned. Could you vote against him? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Would you? Are you going to? Is there any way you would vote for him? 
Uh, no. This is Tom Emmer. So that is the same warning sign that Emmer has than other candidates before him have. Winning the Republican nomination, but unable to get the votes on the House floor. We'll see if it comes to that, or whether Emmer is able to get 217 votes or any of these candidates. But at the moment, the goal is to get a majority of the conference, to get the nomination, get elected speaker, and try to move forward amid this, this leadership crisis that has paralyzed the House. Yeah, well... We can't vote for for Tom Emmer because, I mean, he voted in support of same-sex marriage. No, we can't have that. Let's go with Mike Johnson. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then they came up with another idea, and Joy Reid had a went into hysterics. Spent some time reporting over the course of the last few minutes with our colleague Scott Wong that there is now a push being floated by former Speaker McCarthy to be reinstalled as Speaker <laughs> McCarthy alongside Jim Jordan as the assistant speaker. Two points to make here, and I do hear your laughter. Yeah. Two points to make here. The first is I'll one source who was... <laughs> I can't even continue with you. <laughs> Let me finish. One source who was briefed on this idea told me that it would work like Pelosi and Catherine Clark, speaker and assistant speaker. So there is technically a precedent for this, but there is also very much an office reference here about Dwight being the assistant to the regional manager. And I think that's probably more apt because as your laughter suggests, this is probably not going to happen, but it's being floated and we just report the we just report the news here, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> that cracked me up. I actually saw that live when she burst out laughing. <laughs> because I thought the same Can't thing. Can't beat this shit. Right? And then uh, And then of course they picked Johnson and uh, I believe uh, Joe you uh, your clown car dresses. The intention is to go to the House floor tomorrow and make this official, and so we will be doing that. And uh, if there are any questions, we'll take a couple, but we're all pretty weary. <laughs> What's that? The intention is to go at noon tomorrow. How many people do you get? I don't know. Yeah, we have some folks absent, and, and we'll be, I'll be working with them tonight. So. everyone but the 20. I, I don't know what the final total was. We're united. We're united. There, there were no votes against. Mr. Johnson, you helped lead the efforts to overturn the 2020 election results. Next question. Let's go. I'm very confident. all said uh, please clap please clap <laughs> that was like a scene out of mighty money python i'm serious right yeah. snl sketch yeah throw her in the throw her in the river see if she floats right <laughs> i like to throw virginia oh, fox in a river right <laughs> oh if i can drop a little bit of news in there a little bit of tea apparently johnson's wife uh her entire business is about conversion therapy oh god really yeah look oh that she's up. she's michelle bachman's husband remember that Mm-hmm. yep she sure is she works with people to help with conversion therapy yeah mm-hmm. that's what we got in the, house. the lord will see you oh, man 
But I'm anything super, that gets pointed out about you. them, they shout down. I mean, yeah, we just shit all over the living room and we didn't clean it up, but we don't want to talk about that. Right. Nope. Yep. I mean, yeah, seriously. this guy's scary. He is just, he's right out of the Bible. Well, and let me just say here, let me just say here, I've seen people panicking in posts on Facebook that he's going to be the one counting the votes on January 6, 2025. No. Not necessarily. Because on December 31st, 2024, this Congress ends and he's no longer the Speaker. And when Congress convenes on January 2nd or 3rd, whatever date it is, the first order of business is to elect a Speaker. And whichever party has the majority elects a Speaker. And if the Democrats take the House back, Joaquin Jeffries will be elected Speaker and Uh, he will be presiding over the January 6th vote count. I'm hanging my heart on that nail right there. Yeah, so I, I am. Uh, I think with the turmoil this country's gone through ever since Donnie walked on the stage, uh, it's evident that that this man is is a, a disgrace to this country, to say the very least, and that uh, the majority of the people in this country will vote for the for the Democrat nominee. I hope. And by the way, T, that video you sent out last night of the of the the guy talking about people who are saying they're not going to vote for Biden. We got to mm-hmm. get out there and t- we got to get out there and do what he, what he's doing, because yep. it, the whole reason we got Trump in the first case is because people didn't vote for Hillary because all the way the right wing media dogged her for the last twenty years, thirty mm-hmm. years, you know. Exactly. Yeah, concentrate on you know letting people know what the, what the hell he's done. He's done a whole lot. He's not getting credit for it. Mm-hmm. He, he, his, his poll numbers should be a whole lot higher than what the news says they are. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, it's like Joe said, like you said, Joe, the other a few weeks ago. Oh, let's spend a half hour here telling you how awful the Biden administration is, and now, now let's cover the polls and see why his he's, his his polls are yeah. so low. You know? Yeah. I, I, I look at I, I've said it often. I'm looking at CNN like it's fair and balanced. Uh, I don't I don't watch CNN anymore. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's seeps into everything, you know. Last night on Saturday Night Live, I think one of their most dis- embarrassing cold opens, all they're making do is making fun of Joe Biden's age. You know, this is why I'm not like, watching. It seeps into everything. This is why I'm not watching Saturday Night Live this season. I'm telling you. I just I just can't do it. I mean, it's just between the, the, the jokes that they're making about him on the on the Saturday Night News segment, you know, and, and just the crap. I, I just I'm not watching that. It's just the the about, talking about how how these perceptions change there. I, I think one thing that really, really can't be ignored here is the short memories, because the only thing they can do is go with a few days news cycle. We said we, you talked about Hillary had 20 years of shit thrown at her. 30 years. The simple fact is the election came down to five minutes before the election. They came up with a new thing. And, oh, they can pay attention to that for the five minutes. We got to be in this for the long haul, but we got to start playing that game, too. Every single piece of shit that needs to be thrown needs to be thrown now. Right. Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, like I said, I saw, I saw, you know, um, the, the media, like, you know, interviewing people, Palestinian-Americans, who were saying, oh, well, I'm not voting for Joe Biden because of what he's doing, uh, supporting Israel. And I'm like, well, who else are you going to vote for? Right? You think Trump's going to be any better? Right? <laughs> or are you just not going to vote? It's, it is a shit show. That's all there is to it. 
folks, I hate to do this to you, but I am afraid I am out of time. Um, we've got a, an engagement that I've got to get to. I wish that I could hang around for all of this because there's some good stuff coming, but I really have to go. All right, Leo. We appreciate you joining us. And hopefully I won't have another damn thing on the schedule. Yeah, well, we'll get, we're we going to wrap up soon here anyway. But you have a good day, and thanks for joining us, Leo. All before, right, y'all. Before you go, Leo, the hockey biker wisdom thoughts on Facebook. But, uh, then, and I want to put this out there for if, if just a moment. We have far too many people who are saying because of what Joe Biden is doing with Israel, they're not going to vote. They're not going to support him. Here's the thing. We did the same thing with Bernie when Bernie, well, stepped aside. The Bernie bros refused to vote. And what we got was Trump. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with what Joe Biden's doing. but I don't see anybody else. There is no third party that will not be overtaken. We know what we've got. And let me tell you, if it's not Joe Biden, it's Project 2025. There's the choice right there. Mm -hmm. It's either Biden or fascism. You, you know, I've been saying it forever. You let the Republicans get hold of power again, we are going to move slowly from a democracy to something else. Well, you just watch with Mike Johnson as Speaker what they're going to be what they're going to be voting on. We're just yeah. we're just thankful that that none of it's going to ever go anywhere in the Senate. You know, he's already I'm, pulling the fast one. Mm-hmm. He's already said exactly what Matt, Matt Getz said. Well, we're not going to fund um, Israel and Ukraine. He wants to split it. That second bill will never come to they, the they floor. Won't, they want Ukraine to fall. The Republicans yes, want Ukraine to fall straight into Russia's hand. And I can't figure that out. Maybe I remember when the Republicans were, I don't know, used to be against Russia. That seems like an awful lot of them are just saying, well, let's rethink this. Fuck you. Yes. You got to remember yeah. the trip, Russia, under Trump, how they all on the 4th of July paid a visit to Russia, a, a commodities and business visit. What what the hell? No. You all I, came I, I won't, I will all never forget, I'll never forget him standing on the stage next to Putin in Helsinki and kissing Putin's ass. And... <laughs> It, prior to having a secret meeting with Putin with uh, no American translators and no, no Americans in the room but him. Yeah. yeah. Something stinks. Yeah. Well, and the other thing on top of it, we saw this week that um, that one judge in New York wouldn't have it anymore, slapped Trump with $10,000 fine. And when I heard that, I was like, that's chump change to him. $10,000 mm-hmm. isn't a sneeze to him. And number one, he's not going to pay it. His, his dummies sending him money are going to pay it. Yeah, you know he, he doesn't have to worry about anything. Everything that happens to him, like I say, if he goes to jail, he's going to fundraise off this, this sh- and he will raise millions and millions. Oh, and he's having a conniption fit about uh, the judge making Ivanka. <laughs> he's not That's too funny. happy about that, is he? No, I wonder why. Yeah, well, you know yeah. what? It's it's going to be lined up. It's Ivanka, John Jr., Eric, and then him. <laughs> what about? Oh, let's get. What about Tiffany? Oh, um, I guess she wasn't part of Trump org, Trump organization. Nope. But why is Trump? If she's, if I'm sorry, if Ivanka is no longer the part of Trump organization, why is the Trump organization paying her credit card bills? Grift. Yeah, that's a Grift. good question. Yeah, she seems to be on the payroll, isn't she? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why they don't want to put her on the stand. Yeah, and then we saw Trump uh, storm out of court like a little five year old. 
Right. And one of, the best, one of the best things I saw, I, it was on MSNBC, I forget who said it, but uh, somebody asked, asked one of the panels, said, why is Trump acting like this? This is because he's a seven-year-old grown-up. <laughs> and I burst out laughing. He's a seven-year-old grown-up. Exactly. I mean, really, could any of us do that without the judge? Sending the, the the officers to go drag our butt back in there. Well, if, it was, if this was a criminal trial, yes, but I think because it's a civil trial, he doesn't have to be there. You know, but he's just there's the key. He does not have to keep thinking that he does not have to be in that. Court. There is a reason he's in that. Court. He was in there so he could stare down Michael Cohen. He that, and I'm sure there was a deposition waiting for him somewhere, or mm-hmm. some other legal obligation that he's trying to get the hell out of. Yeah, well, he want. I think he wanted to try to intimidate Michael Cohen, and Michael Cohen was just like, "You got nothing nope. on me, man." <laughs> I so so anyway. It's just. I mean, it's just a, the antics of him are just. I think he's just digging his hole, his grave deeper. Really, honestly, because this judge is not this. Ju- I think this this judge. I think these criminal trials. By the time we get to them whether they're before or after the election, I think he's going to be penniless after this judge is done with him. Or, or at so. least close to it, you know. I, I want to see him start taking his property. I want to see the plane towed off. I want oh, to see the yeah. truck come I want to see tower. him on a Delta flight changing planes in Atlanta. <laughs> on the way to his next, you know, to his next trial, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, hey. So anyway, uh, Norm Eisen was discussing uh, another little thing here. Exclusive CNN reporting on Georgia's election subversion case against Donald Trump. Our senior crime and justice reporter, Caitlin Polance, has been working her sources for us. Caitlin, what are you learning? Well, Wolf, as we're piecing together what's happening with all 19 defendants in Fulton County, this 2020 election case around Donald Trump, with Donald Trump at the top of the list of defendants, Wolf, we now know that at least six co-defendants of Donald Trump have had plea deals put on the table before them, and we're waiting to see what they do. So right now, 19 defendants, Four of them already took plea deals. Those four people all agreed to cooperate. That includes some top lawyers. And with those initial plea deals, Sidney Powell's, Jenna Ellis's, Scott Hall's, and Ken Chesbro's, the dominoes then start to fall. And so prosecutors go reach out to others, these six others, at least six other co-defendants, to see if they want to take deals. Those are people like a campaign official, another pro-Trump lawyer. And so we're going to wait and see what happens with them. And when you're looking at these, the prosecutors, as they're trying to get people to plead guilty and take deals, it's good for them because it helps them focus their case against Trump. The more defendants they can pick off from going to trial, they mm-hmm. can get these cooperators, get more information. And the defendants, you don't want to be last in line standing. Uh, you don't want to be the last one standing going to trial because you can get a deal that means no jail time. You can get a lot of benefits out of taking a plea deal if you choose to do it early. And so right now, that's where we stand in this case, but we do know from our team of reporters that there are four people right now who haven't been offered plea deals in this case that are on the table from Fulton County, Georgia. That are so, th- Those are some of the biggest names in this case, Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, and of course, Donald Trump himself. So no offers of guilty pleas for those four from the Georgia prosecutors at this time. We'll- yeah, I think there are going to be some flipping going on. I think there's going to be like pancakes flying everywhere. Yes, because those those lower level people that are in, the ones remaining that are still in 
I haven't flipped yet. They can't afford to. They can't afford the legal fees <laughs> to go all through all this trial for months and months and months, man. You know, and poor and old Rudy, he's not going to flip. I don't. I don't think they're going to give him a, a plea deal offer. I, I don't think he'll get any kind of offer because everybody knows that guy. Just you know, he dug his own hole. Yes, he's he's, so he's deep. He's like Donnie. He's deep. Yep, yep. Hey, I'm sorry, but as far as, as, far as Jenna Ellis is concerned, didn't they give her a plea deal? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. You are a grown woman who went to law school. Mm-hmm. He ain't paying the legal bills. And guess what? She may get disbarred. <laughs> and then yes, what she Several lawyers might get disbarred. Well, Sidney Powell needs to be. <laughs> yes. You know, and she might yet. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I've been with in California. Weren't they trying to disbar her? They were having hearings on uh, on on uh, a sanction for her, I believe, mm-hmm. in California. But uh, or, or was that no? That might have been cheeseburger. I, I don't know which one it was. I'm losing losing track. But uh, anyway, we'll close out this week with Stephen Colbert's thoughts on the new uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson. I'd like to start off this evening with some great news for fans of constitutional democracy. The Republicans have picked a new Speaker of the House. Our long national nightmare is finally different. <laughs> Not over. Right. Now, uh, tonight's guests on the show are talking heads, so. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Totally agree. So, in honor of the GOP spending the last three weeks burning down the house, I'm naming tonight's congressional coverage Psycho Killers. <laughs> They're dum 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 dum. Hey! Here's the moment we've all been waiting for. America's new Speaker of the House is Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson seen here ogling the photographer's crotch. (laughs) His name is Mike Johnson. Mike Mike Johnson, that is a name. (laughs) He is the most generic sounding congressional leader since the election of Speaker James Kirkland Brand. Johnson was just elected this afternoon, getting votes from all 220 Republicans. Finally, a man who appeals to all factions of the Republican Party, the MAGA faithful, the social conservatives, the white nationalists, and the horny Beetlejuice goblins. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's never going to live that down. (laughs) Johnson is now second in line to the presidency, prompting news outlets to triumphantly proclaim who is is Representative Mike Mike Johnson, who is Mike Johnson, who is is Speaker nominee Mike Johnson, and five secrets to reduce belly fat. Also, who the hell is Mike Johnson? So he's a little, he's a little innocuous. He's just another boring white guy in a suit with glasses. Wait wait a second, Jimmy, put him up again. Hold on, hold on a second. Can you put a picture? Him next to Stephen Colbert and they look identical. <laughs> Am I Mike Johnson? <laughs> the fact that no one knows who he is might be Johnson's greatest strength because apparently there doesn't appear to be anyone who hates Johnson enough to sabotage his rise. Well, you know what they say about Mike Johnson? To know him is to meh. <laughs> But don't let the apparent blandness fool you. Johnson is not only an election denier, he played a leading role in the effort to overturn the 2020 election. Johnson 
Johnson has uh, has some other extreme views. In in newspaper editorials, Johnson has called homosexuality a inherently unnatural and dangerous lifestyle that would possibly destroy the entire democratic system. Adding, and destroying the entire democratic system is my job. Did you know the 2020 election was rigged by gender fluid space lasers? <laughs> after the vote, after the vote this afternoon, House Republicans held a big self-congratulatory festival on the steps of the Capitol. That's not normal. They celebrated their momentous achievement of having a leader. That's the sort of ceremony that's usually celebrating the passage of Medicare or, or ending the war. Instead, this was announcing, we have found the key to the executive washroom. By the way, the little soapy thing is empty, but we will fill it. Then, I say, my... We're out of towels. Then one of the many guys who did not get the gig, Steve Scalise, took the mic to make the official introduction of the 56th Speaker of the House. 56th. Though he got some of the details wrong. It is my great privilege to introduce the 45th Speaker of the House. <laughs> 45th Speaker? You mean John William McCormick? He's been dead for 40 years! It's a zombie speaker! Get out of there, Steve! <laughs> then, the man of the hour stepped up to the podium and gave a speech that historians will describe as having occurred. <laughs> he also, he also spoke last night after securing the nomination and called upon the assembled press and the American people to forget the last three weeks. Right. We want to thank all the press for waiting. It's been quite a process. <laughs> Democracy is messy sometimes, but it is our system. There it is. A guy who wanted to throw out our votes lecturing America on what democracy is. And America had this response. Keep my democracy. Keep my democracy out there. Oh, that was great. So, oh, yeah, so. That was spot on, man. Spot on. Joe, you're right. We just gotta, we just gotta start getting our news from the late night shows. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, so that was awesome. But yeah, he, he was spot on. I mean, this guy's scary. This guy's scary. But like I say, yeah. the thing saving us is that anything that they pass is DOA in the Senate. And I think his, his, uh, what he came out and said is he wants to try to pass a continuing resolution to keep the government open until April of next year, so they can spend the next f- six months fighting with the Senate over the budget. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That There's no way that's going to happen because, one, the government fiscal year will be half over. And there are certain procurement actions that require more than six months, very, very large military contracts and things like that. It takes nine months to a year to get those contracts awarded. And if you don't have the money, you can't solicit a contract yep. without an appropriation. It's, a, it's against appropriation law. So, Sounds to me like they have a plan. Hmm. So yep. I, I think what's going to happen is the Senate's going to keep working on these bills and pass them to the House and say, pass them, pass them. We're not, we're not negotiating, you know? But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. During all these shenanigans, the Senate went ahead and drew up a bill. So it's been sitting over there. Mm-hmm. Johnson ain't got to do no heavy lifting. 
All you got to do is bring it to the floor and vote on it instead of trying to um, nickel and dime it right. and cut it up. Well, this was the thing that was going on with, with McCarthy before they threw him out. I mean, the Republicans spent three weeks before the last three weeks of September passing a bunch of crazy crap that they knew would never go anywhere in the Senate. Mm-hmm. You know, wasting wasting their time. It's and all then, about the show. And then, you know, when it came down to the to the eleventh hour and fifty nine minutes, McCarthy puts puts a, a, a clean CR on the table and it passes and the Republicans then throw him out of office for doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it's just stupid. So <laughs> But wow! I think that sums up the Republican Party right about now. They're there about stupid. Go. There you go. They're not about governing for the American people or doing anything except making TV, baby. That's right. And, yeah. and with that, John, tell people where they can check you out. You can find me under my name, John Brittivo, on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, TikTok under a blue dot in Texas, uh, wherever we can get our messages out. Uh it, it, this is really heating up, as you can tell by the news we talk about today. We can get a good laugh about it and everything else, but this is serious shit. Mm-hmm. Make sure that your voting registration is is current, because across this country, Republicans are trying to to whitewash the uh, the the voter rolls to uh, to uh, you know not allow you to vote. So make sure that you're you're registered. Your registration is up, and pay attention to your local politics and the local elections coming in in our states we have one coming up ohio has one pay attention baby that's what you need to do yes and you know joe a week after next i'm taking my ass down the street to the fire station and voting in pennsylvania for the first time oh Oh, well i already did oh yeah you did you you did mail and vote right yeah i did a month ago a month ago good for you good for you all right and t tell people where they can check you out Hey guys, I will get in wherever I can fit in right now. It is T Brown 105 over on Tickety Talk and on Spoutable. It is T Brown 1061. And I am going to um, follow up with John Bidabo said vote. Get out there. Make sure you're registered. I have a friend in Ohio who registered beginning of September, went back late last, um, early last week. He was wiped out the voting rolls. Make sure you double check that you are still registered because they are purging voter rolls in every state. Yes. Thank you, T. That was the word I was trying to think in my head and I couldn't get it there. Purging. Thank you, baby. Yeah. Well, all right. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, all right. Make sure you vote. Check check your registration. And uh, so thank you, T and Joe. You can find me on... Uh, Facebook and on WordPress, jsantorsa.wordpress.com and over at Mastodon at Marnus3 at mstdn.partay. Partay. All right. Thank Partay. you, Joe. And you can follow me, Tim Cornball, at mastodon.social on Tim Cornball on the threads, on the on the Instagram, on the Facebook, and not on the Twitty, <laughs> but also on the Spoutable. And with that, we'll close out with our good buddy Lauren's latest song, Flipping. Because we're going to be maybe seeing a whole lot more flipping this week. <laughs> so with that, Lauren, take it away, and we will see you all soon. People are flipping, flipping, flipping on Donnie. No one could be as guilty as he. His lawyers are flipping, tripping, and making us wonder who'll throw him under the bus legally. 
attacks are breaking in Trump's defense. His rants are making even less sense. Threatening folks as he holds a grudge. It's not smart to piss off the judge. When folks are flipping, flipping faster than lightning, each day we see more copping a plea. As they keep flipping, ripping more holes in this crime spree, it's about time we all say you plea. We used to fear he'd get off the hook, though it was clear this schmuck is a crook. Fonnie Willis will make Trump's cronies and schmoes start She has them flipping, flipping as she applies pressure, leaving Trump vexed while we wonder who's next. As his odds are slipping, slipping with legal fines piling, we're cautiously smiling, thanking the stars, cause maybe he'll finally Or at least broken, losing support and miserable and never being in office again.